What does it mean to truly love something in a way that isn't familial or romantic? Whether it's baseball, comic books, science fiction, or Led Zeppelin, every subsect of society has a population of viewers, listeners, or collectors who have nothing but adoration for a particular category of interest. We call them simply fans. In this four-part series, the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, turn the camera on those who love unconditionally through the good and the bad and examine the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the all-around world of fandom. So, Jay, I want to talk today, I want to talk about merch, okay? I want to talk about merch. The... Uh, in some cases, the financial engine behind creators of, of music or movies or TV shows or whatever it is, it's the merch, yeah, baby. Merch. And I, you can't you can't be a fan without owning some merch. No, absolutely not. So Jay, What's your favorite merch that you've purchased? It can be merch that you still owned. It can be merch from your past. Hmm. Like, like a favorite band shirt. That would be an example of a merch. Yeah. I don't really do much else. I don't really do like posters or um, like some people collect like they used to sell like tour books mm-hmm. like uh, with like pictures and stuff. Um, but I, I always, I'm always a fan of a band shirt and I try to get a t-shirt from every concert I ever go to. Um, but gosh, do you keep do you keep them when you outgrow them? No. No. By the time I outgrow them, just... <laughs> you're like, uh, do I ever outgrow them? Look at this body, Travis. Look at this body. <laughs> <laughs> I've been 16 uh... for 30 years, bro. Gosh, how do you think but, I fit? How do you think I fit into this sweet Hanson shirt that I got? <laughs> my favorite band, oh, you know, I shouldn't say this because it's bad, but uh, my favorite band shirts are some that I get like at alternative websites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like where the band doesn't have anything much to do. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where um, I get all my band but, shirts because they have better, like, cooler designs. Sometimes yeah. the band merch is just so like the problem is like oh the you know they're selling this on let's just take a rolling stone shirt you know and you're like yeah but that's the same fucking design you get at target yeah yeah and and, and to be honest with you rolling stones are like we're talking about uh previous episode it's, it's probably my favorite band but 90 now you know what i'm gonna say higher 99 percent of roll rolling stone shirts are hideous as fuck yeah that's ugly. freaking lip that friggin' goofy, little mouth, wagging tongue. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not a big fan. But you go on some of these other websites, um, and there's a lot of cool stuff. A lot yeah, of cool stuff. You like on Etsy, like like uh, homemade printers, like what yeah. they print. You know. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your favorite? Um, I don't have a lot of merch. I just didn't go to as many shows. And as a kid, like when the shows I went to, when I was going to shows as a kid, like just getting the ticket and like the train money was a fucking hassle spending 30 bucks on a you know um bouncing soul shirt wasn't gonna happen 
Um, you didn't get a you didn't get your Lisa Loeb shirt. From the- God, I wish my first concert. <laughs> you would think my sister would be like, "This is his first concert. Let's fork over some money and get this yeah. boy a Lisa Loeb shirt, or at least the opening act." The rug the rug burns were awesome. Uh, I would yeah, wear a rug maybe. I would wear a rug burns shirt today. <laughs> I'd wear a Lisa Loeb shirt today after that reality show she did, where she's like a little Jewish princess. Fantastic. <laughs> um. But I did have, I will say that I did, one of my favorite pieces of, in the band merch section, um, mm-hmm. is uh, I had, I, I think I found it at a records shop in Iowa, of all places. And I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. And that was a time, because I didn't live in the States, I didn't know cool places to buy merch. I mean, there wasn't even Hot Topics and stuff around then. So if you found like a band shirt or a band related merch thing in the wild, like maybe Sam Goody would always have like a rack in the back of like extra large shirts that were like, you know, insane clown posse or something. Either like small or triple X. Mm-hmm. And they're always <laughs> kind of like hideous. Uh, I did find a Presidents of the United States beanie. I was a big oh. Presidents fan. And it was great because I like the Presidents and um, it just fit me perfectly. And it was a cool kind of gray color. It, it flipped up. It just looked good. And I'm not. I don't, I don't. I don't do well in hats typically. And I remember at that that age, that beanie was just like it went everywhere with me. Eventually, I lost it. It left in a movie theater or something. But that piece of merch was like I was married to that thing. It's a good thing you actually kind of liked the band. It wasn't like you know Alanis Morissette jagged little pill tour. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> I let my thirsty boots wander all over and they You know what? I see I still listen to the presents all the time. I like them. Uh, people misline them and now the guy does like baby music. He does really? like he's Casper baby pants. He does like he's like um, one of the number one like toddler musicians. And all his songs are all his original songs just sound like president songs. Because when you listen back to the presents now, you realize that they were just singing about bugs and monkeys and stuff like that. Yeah. Puree peaches. peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. Right, set two electric setaloo, and I'm Jay. Here's what I want to say. Yes, sir. You wanted it. You got it, baby. The hottest podcast in the world. I'm talking about people passing around joints when listening to this thing. I'm talking about big breasts and tight vestesses. I'm talking about motherfucking pop bonsai. Now go shake your wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, hey, what? I, I forgot, Jay. What are we talking about today? We're talking about <laughs> Detroit Rock City. Ow! I think that's just going to be my intro for all the podcasts from now on. <laughs> Go shake your wee wee, Jay. We are talking about Detroit Rock City. This is the Pop Bonsai Podcast, and that's what we do. We talk pop bonsai. And what we do here, 
hard talking with this in my mouth. Um, what we do here on the podcast is Jay and I, we pick a big theme, a big idea, like Stephen King or nicotine or uh, diners or uh, drive-ins or drive-throughs or drive-ins or uh, uh, hotels, four, four-wheel drive. Uh, and then Dangerous we, folks. And then we... Through a series of four, and I don't know why we're married to four. We can go over four. I'm sure it's going to happen. I wonder which set is going to break the magic number of four. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we always do four or less. Yeah, we could do less. I don't want to do less. I need, no, no I need, I need the journey, Jay. <laughs> okay. I'm a journeyman. Okay. Sorry. Like Rancid, I journey to the end, the end of East Bay. <laughs> um. And uh, we try to find uh, a through line through watching uh, uh, fictional movies around this idea, uh, through reading, uh, reading books around this idea, watching documentaries, babe, around this idea. Uh, sometimes uh, we did poetry one time. Uh, Jay sat and read me some poems. That was kind of nice. Uh, we yeah, perform. Yeah, we perform listened to, to, dare I say, it, other people's podcasts. Yeah, sometimes we, we go rogue like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we call up we are our, not afraid. our good friend Rogue. And we're just like, hey, what's up, babe? Yeah. Hey, sugar. Hey, sugar. What's up? Um, so, so this is part two of the fandom set, in which we're talking all things fans. If you listen, if it's your first time listening, go back and listen to our first episode on this set, which was searching for Bobby Fisher. No. Searching and destroying. Searching and destroying. Uh, no, what we uh, we did. Uh, I, knew, uh, I was waiting for you to step in and give me the director's name because now I'm John Hughes. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for the applause. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're going to be doing Detroit Rock City. Give me some stats on this, Jay. I know you got some stats up there, bro. I know um, you got those sweet stats. <laughs> So the Detroit Rock. Oh, I damn it! It just freaking. <laughs> I got so, you. I, uh, oh, you got it. Yeah, movie was recorded or er, made in 1999, um, and it stars uh, everybody's favorite uh, uh, Terminator uh, Destroyer, Edward Furlong. Um, God, what's his face from Fanboys? Sam Huntington. Mm-hmm. Um, and, James uh, DeBellos, yeah. Giuseppe Andrews, Natasha Leon. Oh, we're gonna talk about them because I think this might be I one of the best excited. cast. This might be the best cast movie in the late nineties. And you can't get excited <laughs> the about old those. Lady from Kingpin. The old lady from Kingpin. The old lady from Ki- Kingpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember uh, his uh, his landlord? Wasn't that? Wasn't oh, that his mom. Lynn Shay, the mom. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't in my head. I can't uh, picture Kingpin, but she steals the show, Mrs. Bruce. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Bruce. I'm pretty sure, or was it? Am I thinking about another something else? Anyway, I'm going off totally off. Oh no, it was. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm right. What happens in this movie, Jay? What the so, fuck happens uh, in this movie? These uh, these four guys, they 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 fight all these different odds all these social uh conformities these um all all to try and go see um abba 
Wasn't it Abba? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're called Dancing Queens. They have they have a uh, uh, a cover band called Dancing Queens, um, and then they go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's all set around these. It's a coming of age tale set around these four young boys who are in a Kiss cover band who are huge Kiss. Dare I say it? Fanatics. And it's 1978, and they are uh, uh, going to try to go see Kiss for the third time after their first two attempts third to see Kiss were spoiled we don't understand how they were spoiled but they were spoiled and so they go there's a little bit of a road trip they split off and go on their own adventures and surprise surprise jay at the end they get to see the hottest band in the world in detroit city the home of kiss and one of their hit singles detroit rock city yeah yeah they finally make it um but i'm glad it wasn't uh uh uh, searching for john hughes situation (laughs) Where he never, they never get to see Kiss at the end of it. Oh, yeah. As soon as they get there, they're walking out, you know, whatever. It's a big, you know. But no, they, no, these guys actually, they they went through a lot and they, they finally saw it. And, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm watching this movie and I'm kind of going, eh, it's okay. But it like, it all kind of came together at the end for me. Like, uh, I'm just kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool the way it ended. I, uh, I didn't see a lot of that coming, and I thought some of it was kind of clever. Okay. I'm going to put my big boy pants on. I see how I, I, on, I, I, I see you took your first swing, Jay. Okay? I see you took your first swing. So uh, I'm going to ask you about your history with this movie, because this is not your first time seeing this movie, correct? Yeah, it is. It is? It is. Yeah, it was. What? <laughs> yeah. No way! Mazel Okay, so I'm going to go back then, because I I thought we were both approaching this movie from the same way. So this movie Mm -hmm. came out in 1998, 1999, August. I was a freshman in high school. I had just started my first punk band. I was an outsider, a lonely kid. I was a rebel. Well, you a, couldn't have been a freshman I, in 99. I was a rebel looking for a cause. I graduated in 2002. Spring of 2002. So 99. Huh. Fall of 99. Okay. Freshman. Freshman in high school. We were okay. in, started a punk band called Everyone Your Mom. I used to have fights because my band, my, there, you know what, never mind. Focus, rats, focus. Detroit Rock City. <laughs> this movie came out. And I loved it. I love this movie. I remember seeing this movie in the theater with my friends, with my band, and we didn't know what this movie was really about. Like, it's about Kiss. I mean, we were aware of Kiss. We knew some Kiss songs. I don't know if any of us had a Kiss album at that point. Being freshmen, you only have, like, 12 CDs anyways. Uh, One of them isn't a Kiss album. Uh, Maybe one of our parents might have had a Kiss album if they are a little bit younger. And this movie... Back then, of course, for a freshman in high school in 1999, this has all the right flavors for a, a middle-class young white boy in a band. Uh, and it was perfect. I loved it. I loved uh, the the characters in here. I loved the camaraderie of the band. And I like the style of it because it is like a raunchy 1970s and 80s teen comedy to a point. It couldn't quite find what it wanted mm. to be. At one point, it was very dramatic. But the way they shoot it... The shots are very much like like a vacation movie or a Lampoon's movie. It feels like it could be National Lampoon's Detroit Rock City. And I was really into National Lampoon's movie at that time. So this was a movie that I saw in theaters. And then when it came out like on DVD, I remember it was 
uh, when we first got a DVD player a couple of years later, I remember it was one of the first movies that I bought, and I watched it over and over and over really? again. And I hadn't seen it really since then, since like my high school years. So when it came mm. on, it was just like, quote, oh my God, I used to say this all the time. Oh my God, I used to say that line all the time. So I'm going to uh, attempt not to be a uh, 14-year-old boy and just quote this movie to you the whole time, Jay. But I think this movie, I had such a good time last night watching this. I pulled up a little bit of uh, whiskey, sat on the couch, threw in a little lozenge, and I just good. just watched it, just watched this movie and just enjoyed it. Enjoyed it from the nostalgia that it was. I was a fan of this movie, and after watching it, I am still a fan of this movie. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if maybe it would have meant more if I was younger and, and watched it, maybe a little, you know. For sure, because you would have you would have seen yourself in it more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it was still fun. Yeah. You know, it was still really cool. I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, I, like I said, I like, or like you said, you know, I, I liked the camaraderie. I liked how they all kind of went on their like separate little journeys mm-hmm. at the end, you know, and, and it was just cool. It was yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of like, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in here, but let's, let's start, let's get, let's tie it back into our fans right from the beginning here. Okay. Do it. What do you think about being. So it starts off the opening scene. Well, the opening scene is the mom uh, uncovering the Kiss record. Thinks she's putting on like Donnie and Marie, and he hides like his. He has to hide his Kiss albums in uh, the sleeve, you know, because Kiss was a really uh, anti-mom band. Like moms were knights in Satan's service, right? Especially, and she puts Christian. it on and it rocks. It was a cool like way to do it. That spins us into mystery. Their cover band playing Kiss songs They're in the garage, playing really crappy Kiss covers. What do you think it is? Uh, have you ever been that kind of a fan where you wanted to recreate what the thing you love, whether it be fan fiction or a cover band? What do you, let's talk about that area of fandom. The ones who want to be the thing that they love so much. Um, I, I, I kind of did. And I think the only... The only time I really did that um, was like in my late high school years and like early college years when I was trying to be like uh, like dress like like Clash and Sex Pistols and, and mm-hmm. you know the late seventies, um, and that's about it though. Um, sometimes not now. Like I, I look at some punk bands that are around, especially like like ones that really really are into like 77 style and i'm like really you're gonna be like a karaoke version of the of these guys you know mm-hmm. you have no i see none of yourself in here dude mm-hmm. you know and you're you're out there you're like, and you're doing it like it's your own <laughs> you yeah it so isn't yeah yeah and, and sometimes sometimes i find that a little bit sad uh, you know i kind of wish like you know i said like, put a little bit of yourself in there yeah. So don't just be a total clone. And 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 by the way, I want to I want to add this. I freaking hate cover bands. Yeah. I hate what, what about at a bar? Uh no, I Like you ever go see Metalhead and Phoenix, that big metal cover band for like two decades no. even? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I remember aggressive going to... aggressive head shake by Jay for those of you well, listening to the podcast it... <laughs> instead of tuning into our YouTube channel. All it makes me do is either a be really sad that I'm not watching the actual band and they get even more sad to realize I never will because half these actual guys are dead. 
Mm. You know, like I I went to uh, I remember I went to the MGM Grand in uh, in Las Vegas and I walked in and there was a Rolling Stones cover band and they were like a 60s Rolling Stones cover band. Rolling Kidney Stones. And, I, <laughs> and uh, uh, tumbling dice. <laughs> and uh, I went in there and and, uh, and I looked at them and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I'm sitting there looking at them for a few. I'm like, oh, no. And this is the same thing happened to me. I got all depressed. And then I was like, I gotta get out of here. What if it's like a what if it's like a wacky one, like uh, uh, like uh, a weird a weird take on Elvis or something like that, or like Richard uh, Cheese, Oakley Yeah, yeah. no, Richard Cheese is good. I don't I don't mind Richard Cheese. So you you like the cover of the song? We have to do it in your own style, right? Right. You can't be like dressing up like them Mm -hmm. and do like the total like tribute thing. I don't like it. Yeah, like it at all. Yeah, I remember in when we started doing bands, that was a big. I got a lot of fights about that because we do band rehearsals and then this, uh, my bandmates just wanted to play other people's songs. And I was like, no, I don't want to fucking play Tool. Well, it's a cool <laughs> song because you can't play it. I'm like, well, kind of. And also, yeah, I can't play it. Also, like, I don't want to hear a shitty high school version of Tool. Let's play like our own shitty three chords. Like, we're not good. Let's play three. Let's, let's get back to the roots. Let's just play our own punk songs. Yeah, our own versions of it. I don't understand people yeah. like. Uh, well, I, would, I guess I'm trying to figure out what, I under, what or people who write like their entire fan fiction novel, like on Harry Potter or or some shit like that. And you're like, you wrote 350 page fan fiction novel, which you could never sell. It's probably even somewhat like sketchy to even put it online and make money from <laughs> it. You know, it's, oh yeah, no way. And so it's like, what if you put that effort into just doing something on your own? And maybe it's a right. testament to how much they love it, where it's just like, I don't need anything other than the fantasy of pretending I am this thing. But how, I, I, the thing fantasy, I fantasy how... fanatic, oh, maybe. But I don't see how you could be creatively, um, how should I say it, satisfied. By doing something like that, right? You, know, you you just can't. I don't see how. No, I think it is. I don't think it's about creativity. I think it's about fantasy. I think it's about role playing. I think I think it's a different kick. You know, it must you, be. You made a good. Be. You made a good point about dressing up as a type of uh, fan uh, homage, or almost like the cover band of style. You know that that is probably where I am. I wouldn't say guilty because I don't think there's anything to be guilty about. But that is probably the closest I get to being a cover band or, you know, uh, an emulator is, all right, I don't want to, I remember as a kid, I'm like, well, I don't want to be in Rancid, but I want to look like I could be in Rancid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I could be friends with those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like, I like their uh-huh. style. I think it's, I think we're in the same ballpark there as far as that and what they're doing here. So yeah, I thought that was interesting on how, because these guys were loving it. They were loving, oh, they were happy and they were content sitting in their room, playing Kiss songs. Uh, and uh, it was really great. Now, what about the casting of these? You said you hadn't uh, heard of them. I think this is one of the... one. Of the, uh, I'm not going to be hyperbole. I'm not going to say it's the best cast movie of the 90s. Uh, <laughs> but it's a really good cast. There's really good chemistry between these boys, I feel. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? Um, 
one of them in particular used to be in all the raunchy like lampoon movies james DeBello, who plays trip he was like in a hundred girls and a bunch of other things that were all kind of raunchy he plays the same character in all of them but i always loved yeah. his character like he he's he is like that quintessential late he's like the late 90s stoner character uh, and he does a great job of of playing trip in that man. Man, I'm gonna piss myself, man. I'll do anything to escape a beating, sir. <laughs> those, yeah, dude. I'm looking at his IMDb. He's been a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Like every single movie poster has like a girl with a cut off t shirt. Yep. In it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He's the king of that. I love it. That if I had to pick, like, what would you want to be? Like, I'm like that might be it. Just to be the the slacker character in like National Lampoon movies, the sidekick character. <laughs> You get all the funny lines. You get to steal the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and Eddie Furlong, I think he does a great job in this. I think he's doing a Christian Slater impression for quite a bit of it. And it kind of makes me wish this movie was done like 10 years earlier. So you could have had Christian Slater in that role. Uh, I think that would have been really awesome. But it would have been hard to to cast the other parts around it. The one I didn't wasn't as familiar with was the Giuseppe Andrews who played Lex, the bass player. Uh, but I thought his was a was the most understated of the performances. He wasn't going big. Uh, he felt like the most grounded of the boys, and I felt like that added something to it. Yeah, he totally like Didi Ramone at some. Yeah, the yeah. bass and stuff. I was like, oh, it's like Didi. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I thought I thought it was a really well cast movie, and then the the um, the cameos or like the uh, the one shots, like the the uh, priest, both priests, both priests were great. The one who does the mushrooms, I realized uh, uh, Jesus was a barrel of fucking monkeys, <laughs> and he's just hoovering that pizza. Or the priest at the end was great with the what was what was he wearing? Was it Teddy? I know. He's like, no, uh, lingerie. Maybe. Come back. We've got some juicy confessions. <laughs> Leather thong. He's just going through all the things. Or that one guy, like you said before, did that voice just come out of my nostril? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how shrooms so did work. You, so you didn't know Sam Huntington at the time then, right? He was like pretty new. Sam Huntington, yeah, yeah. yeah he was. He was in George of the Jungle because he was uh, that oh, movie, was? and that movie came out when I was of George the not George the Jungle, um, Jungle Two Jungle, starring Tim Allen. Tim Allen realizes oh. his adopted son is lives in Africa, and it was a very young Sam Huntington. And I was oh. probably like eight when that movie came out, so it had like Tim Allen and this kid. So I knew him from that uh, and a couple of other things. Like he was, uh, he again was in a lot of those. Uh, he was in Fanboys, of course, another movie about fans, uh, very similar to this movie, Road Trip movie, uh, on there. Um, so he was in a lot of these style movies as well. So they all kind of went on to have careers in this in this genre. And then the mom is great in this. I felt the mom was fantastic in this. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, good casting, I thought. Um, uh, I, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just talking about other things I thought was movie. The, the soundtrack of this movie, I mean, classic bangers. Yeah, exactly. go ahead. Yeah. Classic bangers. I mean, nothing, no B-sides, really. That's what I was going <laughs> to ask you. Was it a little bit too mm-hmm. kind of lazy? Did you wish they kind of had a, a little bit more? 
So that's what I, I wanted to, I, I, you know, the needle drops, they had these great needle drops. Were those needle drops so overused in 1999 when this movie came out? They were still big jams in the 70s, but I remember as a kid listening to this, uh, I might have even had the Detroit Rock City soundtrack because it was a great entry point for a freshman in 1999 whose parents were older than this generation, so they weren't listening to that. So it was a great uh, uh, opportunity to you know, get some ch- cheap trick in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. You know, at this point, they're all kind of like classic rock staples. But, yeah, I don't know how many people are really like, you know, like you said, the sweet Nazareth and the Runaways and Cheap Trick and David Bowie and Thin Lizzy. uh, I mean, these are like, these are the bangers. And we're doing like their hit singles pretty much across the board. Yeah. I like the Runaways. I do like the Runaways uh, uh, drop in there. Um, as there used to be a troublemaker, and they're just like running the classic, like we're running through the halls of the school. Never gets old in any movie. I, I love the security guard is all Elvis. Hello, <laughs> ladies, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's Elvis!" And they do those those wild with the camera, and then the slow motion running through the hall, hiding in the bathroom. You gotta have the teenage oh, girl the shitting scenes. Yeah, yeah. But the soundtrack, um, uh, I, I don't think. I think now, if I, I'm looking at this movie. Honestly, now as as a person, I think there is something to this script and something to the story. I wouldn't have played it. I wouldn't have directed it like a National Lampoon's movie. I would try to make it. Uh, uh, I would tone it down. Uh, a little more Wes Anderson. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, make it make it work in the reality of, of of things. There are some scenes that I would keep. I would just wouldn't shoot them like they're comedic. Um, uh, but then. It kind of works in this because individually those scenes are really cool. Like when they pull the uh, the, the the Stellas and the disco heads, you know, they pull them over and they go out to kick their ass. And then, you know, um, Hawk's character stands up to him and he goes, fuck. And then they, Iron Man. And they're wrapping their, their hands in that. And like, it's a cool, like, you're like, yeah. So... It's, it becomes a different movie if you get rid of that. And I remember really liking that. It, it's just kind of, it's more of kind of like a wink. It feels more like a cult movie that way than, yeah. than a coming-of-age movie. It feels very culty because some things don't work together, um, but individually there's a lot of fun scenes in this. And a lot of, I should say, cool scenes. And one of the things I want to ask you about is Talk to me about this set design. What do you think about, like, how well did they capture? Because, Jay, you were alive in 78. Um, talk to me about how they, like, captured, did they capture the feel aesthetically of kids in that day, like the fashions, what, like, a city would look like as a concert? I really like the scene where they're arriving at the concert, and you, other than the empty streets at some shots where there's like, there's no one on the streets later on. Um, but like the feel of like a concert and people going in there, this, this feel 78. What did you think about the production? Um, Uh-oh. Uh, okay. No, it didn't, it didn't really uh. capture it for me. It didn't really, you know, something like, uh, like days and confused. Um, 
really, really did. And for some reason, I I can't really put my finger on it. Um, I don't know if it was just like the way they shot it that it was a, like a little bit more stylized or um, because it seemed like it had everything there, but it's still, I wasn't immersed in, in that era, you know, like, like almost famous or like, mm. like, like I said, like D- uh, days and confused, like something like that, that just totally put you back in that. This one. Really I did. see. Those are high bars though. Those are, those are two yeah. really high bars. But Linklater yeah. did it on a budget. I mean, this was nineteen million, and I think it only grossed seven million. So it wasn't a hit in the theaters. Since then, it's become kind of more like a a, a rock cult classic with people. But yeah, it no, yeah, it, it didn't really. But before we we get off totally off the subject, I want to ask you: Does dis for you personally? Does disco deserve the hatred it gets? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's, and, and they, 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 they make fun of it in the song. They're like, Disco's so hot right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Kiss did a cover the Disco song in a few years. And he's like, if there's anything that uh, uh, Kiss isn't going to do, it's going to ever make a Disco song, you know? And then they do make a Disco song. It just, yeah, it just seems like a lot for of... loving you, baby. Yeah. Which is a good song. Yeah. If, you, if, you, um, if you Spotify Kiss, that is their number one track. Um, I was gonna say, um, yeah, it seems like every movie like this hates on disco, like, um, you yeah, know. It, I mean, well, I mean, like, be uh, at the time though, because I remember it was the boy groups at the time, like, uh, we used to hate like in sync and backstreet boys yeah. and all that, they were like disco to us, like, we were like, yeah. uh, you know, we hated that the girls liked them, that's all they wanted to talk about, we hated that's all that MTV played, we hated that they were like all this and like the way they dressed, and it was like that was like, you don't bring that shit around here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. I get angry just thinking about it. Like young, young Travis is is very angry right now. <laughs> young punk Travis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say this: mm-hmm. one of the things that does does not hold up in this movie is the free use of the f word. I'm not talking about fuck Jay. Yeah, it's the other f word I will not say. If <laughs> not in 2021, it was. I heard it a couple times. I know. Oh, like, uh, it. It was like shocking to hear it, but I didn't blink twice at it in '99 when it when when there was when it was happening. Oh no! I no, forgot it was I mean, so much in there. And then part of me, Jay, when I heard it in the movie last night, was like, "All right," <laughs> felt a little naughty. Oh, I felt like right, I was right. getting away with something. It felt a little good. Well, you know that word, because that word, you know, not only is it just totally taboo, but it also brings back some pretty negative feelings because I got called that a lot. Yeah. You know, and I mean, yeah. I'm, I was going to say, I'm sure oh, you yeah. did too. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the easiest thing to call out. People of our, people of, you know, our, As if sitting here in, an, in, a, necker, in a neckerchief. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it just that's what jocks called people that weren't exactly like yeah. them. You know? Yes. People who would wear a, a, a Lisa Love t-shirt. That was our first yeah. concert to school. With the sleeves cut off. Yeah. And the midriff showing. 
I was made for love and Lisa Love. She is such a great first show. So, um, you know, uh, come back to the fans here. Uh, you know, this whole quest is built around them wanting to see Kiss. And one of the things in here is, um, you know, they have all the Kiss merchandise that we, we talked about in the cold open here, you know, like the belt buckles and all the, the stuff for the car. And they, that's all, they list the eight tracks are all. So we see a lot of Kiss, Kiss merchandise. Apparently, all, most of it was from Gene Simmons' private collection of Kiss memorabilia because I. I believe he has it in his contract, is that when he gives a KISS license out, if you make something with it, you have to send him uh, one version of it, at least. Um, Good. Yeah. Rightly so. Yeah. I believe. I think so. Uh, he might be the only... I don't know if he shared... I think he has a majority ownership of the merch from that band. Mm. Um, but, yeah, they're they're obsessed with this, this band KISS. Uh, <laughs> but I like the fact... And let's talk about this. The fact that... Fans create a fellowship, right? Being in a fandom creates a fellowship. So for these four boys, there's no one else they meet in the movie except for when they go to the KISS concert, who is KISS fans. They go to their school, and no one else is dressed like, you know, the Burners or the KISS fans. They might exist in the school. We don't really see them in this in this movie. Um, and they have their own cover band, and they're, they are it bonds them together. They know all the Kiss trivia. They, uh, you know, they they fantasize about being Kiss together, and, and it bonds them together. I, I, that's one of the things that I think is really positive about fandom is is the ability to uh, create bonds with people who like the same thing. Yeah, you're right. I, I, that's definitely one of the things that I love, like going to comic book stores, as opposed to just reading. Um, uh, comics online you know you go to the comic book store you chat with the guy behind the counter yeah you know last time me and corbin and and my friend anthony went to uh greg's and we probably sat there for a good hour talking to the dude behind the counter you sat down at Dre- greg's where's there a chair in that place no we didn't well, we, <laughs> standing, we were standing there um but yeah we were just you know sitting there talking about comics and and it was great and that's that's the I think that's the coolest part about fandom, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is meeting other people that are into it. So, and because there's that instant bond, dude. You mm-hmm. know, there's um, it's almost like traveling somewhere abroad and and meeting someone else that speaks English, <laughs> right? You know, well, I mean, so. it's it's the same thing as that's essentially what they're going to is a kiss convention at the end of this. Yeah, concerts yeah. are nothing but conventions for their fans. Where they play music, you know? The same kind of thrill you get when it's like a week away from a big comic convention uh, is the same thing when it's a big concert coming to town that you know you're going to go to. And, yeah, people, you go to see them, you hear the music, but you also go to be around other people who you know you might be able to strike up a conversation and bond with because you know you both love something, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's really what's great. And I think that, I think that they, they showed... Uh, these guys being friends without it being like, and we're going to be together forever. Because we, like, it wasn't a story about, like, when I grew up, my friends were the best in town. There was Hawk. He had an attitude. <laughs> but he was really a sweet guy. Then there was, there was Jam. Jam was a drummer. 
And jam was the heart of the band. You know, it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like this kind of nostalgia me. look to it. You know, it was just like, we are Kiss fans. Let's go to the show. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, with the, with bonding with other fans, you're, it's almost like if you're a fan of this thing and this guy's a fan of it, you, you, you not only share the love of this, but there's, similar personality traits that both attract you to this thing. Right. You know, so you're going to be friends. You know, you're not going to be some total asshole. Isn't going to be a comic book, you know, fanatic. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, it's, well, it's not going to, well, I guess there are some, <laughs> but it's you. It's yeah. usually those are like comic book store owners. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, same well, thing like, music. like, yeah, we were like, Hey, we didn't know each other before we started this podcast. We we're like, he likes punk rock and comic books. I mean, I mean, how bad could it be? And Wonder Boys. <laughs> and oh. Wonder Boys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's great. Fandom is great. So let me ask you. You you said you didn't go to a lot of shows, right? Did you mm. ever have an experience like this in your high school? Uh, uh, years where you and your friends would go to like warp tour or something. Um, like that. This summer I go to warp tour, but I, my friends weren't with me when I visit in the summertime. So like the shows I go see in the summer, I was going purely just to say that I'd seen the band and, and see them like a warp tour. We go to some shows in Tokyo, a couple like when H two O. I remember going to H two O show, Bouncing Souls, a couple other things. But they were really expensive for what you pay in in you know a punk show like that, like an H two O show in the states. What like twenty bucks, twenty five bucks maybe. There, it's like 70, 75 bucks. Uh, and then you got to get in, pay trains for Tokyo and, and all that stuff. Um, so we go sometimes. We, it, I had more fun adventures going. We, would play, we played a few gigs in Tokyo at a couple of bars and places. Oh. And that was really fun, trying to find the place. You're hauling your stuff on the trains uh, uh, oh. and just kind of like walking around these. And you don't know what kind of place, what ve- like what venue it's going to be. Sometimes it's this tiny, like little, like eight, these bars in Tokyo are so small. It's like an eight by six foot bar. And you're like, there are four of us. Like, what do we, what do we, and it's just like the band playing for the bartender, <laughs> you know? Pretty sure this is Yakuza territory. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant for love and Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Play that song again. What? Play your disco song. I don't know why my Japanese person sounds like Elmer Fudd. Play that song again. <laughs> you wascally widow pupkas. Play that song. I didn't even realize I could do a Elmer Fudd impression. It was kind of, it was a little bit off, but now I know a, a, a bass line for it. Um. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about Kiss. Knights of Satan service, sir. What's your What's your? So I mean, you're coming into this movie for the first time, which is news to me. Um, it's a movie about Kiss. I'm guessing you're not a huge Kiss fan, or else you would have seen this movie a long time ago. Uh. I'm not a huge Kiss fan, but I like them. Do you would you say um, would you say I you have Kiss? Them. Do you have Kiss star? Do you have Kiss star? Like, could you tell a Kiss fan like when you're around in their presence? No. If you walked into a house party and a bunch of people your age, could you go around and be like, Kiss fan, Kiss fan, not a Kiss fan, Kiss fan, no, Kiss fan, not a Kiss no. fan? At this point, no. Um, 
but you know, I had um, a live the the double LP uh, on record yeah. when I was a, a little kid, um, and yeah, I, I think I pretty much had most of their records. And oh, then wow. in the eighties, did you have the one that they like, put their own blood in? Or, that was, or was that a comic book? That, that was, was a comic, comic book. That was yeah. a Marvel. Um, but uh, yeah, then we went and saw them in the uh, Hot in the Shade tour, which was awful. Um, they didn't have their makeup on. It was like the last tour they did before they put their makeup back on. <laughs> well, Jay, it's hot in the shade. You don't want the makeup running. <laughs> but it was bad. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like them enough. I think they're pretty cool. All right. What's your favorite Kiss track? Um, Kiss me beneath the beard. I'm going to serenade you while you're thinking. Oh, well, Lightly behind the green, green grass. Kiss me. Oh, go ahead. Got one? Probably <laughs> no. Uh, and not Beth. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Probably Strutter. Mm. They got a good uh, uh, highlight for that song in this movie when he's stripping. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the song he strips too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember Gene Simmons' <laughs> wife. I don't know if it's still his wife or whatever. But she's the one who plays the one, woman at the bar. That's Gene Simmons' wife. Really? Wife. And I remember at the time, yeah, but like in like a real skanky way. Like I remember as a kid being like, I like, I like everything about this because it's like this hot older woman hitting on this young guy and like, I want to pay you for your time. And I'm like, holy shit, this happens in real life? Oh my God. I got to get to Detroit. I just remember being like, oh, my God. And then, like, she touches his little wee-wee, and, it, and then I'm like, oh, that's, hey, this is, like, so true. This is exactly how it, this would go down. <laughs> but a good use of Strutter on there. I think for me, I do like Love Gun. But here, my absolute favorite Kiss song, is it a cheat for it to be an Ace Freely song? No. Okay, I, you count it as a Kiss song, right? It's part of the, it's part of the, Knights, it's part of the Kiss Army. Yeah. Best song. Of Kiss is Ace Freely. This is my ultimate st- strut song. This is a this is this goes. If I had a strut playlist, this would be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I'm back, back in the New York groove. I'm back in the New York groove. It's a it's a good combination between Kiss, disco, and like Cheap Trick and like T Rex almost. It's like you put those in a pot. It's got that. I'm back. There's. I stepped out. I remember I, I, I took it for a test ride in Tokyo uh, one day, not too long ago. It had just come on randomly on one of my playlists. And I was on the trains. I was getting out of the trains. And I was coming out of the trains. And it was like, because I'm back. back. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I know it's very New York specific in the song. But this has, this has some legs underneath it. This can travel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Cool, yeah. Give that one a listen to. After this podcast, Jake, give that one a listen to. I think it's going to hit you in a different way. That wasn't on this, was it? No, 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 it wasn't. No, I didn't. Gene Simmons is not going to allow an Ace Freely song that he had no writing credit to get on. So apparently, I was reading this beforehand. uh, Gene, this kind of like put one of the death nails in Kiss uh, for a while there. I think they probably had like three reunion tours since then. But um, for a while, it canceled like a tour because Gene Simmons was trying to take kind of control of this project and he was working with new line and kept saying this and he would do things like uh you can't use any kiss music that i 
don't have writing credit on because if he has writing credit on, of course, he gets more share of the profits for the royalties being used in there. Like Gene Simmons, like doesn't only just play a monster monster on stage. Like he, I think he is a real, real business monster. Yeah, he's probably one of the most horrible human beings. Yeah, but the rest of them seem like just like, I mean, of course, they're egomaniacs. I'm sure being part of Kiss, you can't be normal. But for, I mean, no more assholey than you would see from like someone in Zeppelin or something like that, oh, you know? For... Paul Stanley, though, if you follow Paul Stanley on social media, he actually seems to be a really cool dude. At least he comes, at least he tries to give off that person. You know, he, he stays like really active and just some of the stuff he says, he's like, you can tell he kind of reads about enlightenment yeah, you know, yeah. He, 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 it's it's in his wheelhouse. He tries to have it in his wheelhouse. You know, it's he, he tries to portray like that. And I'm like, well, kudos to you, man. At least he's trying. Mm. You know, uh, uh, you know, like when uh, when recently Gene Simmons said something. Basically, he said David Lee Roth has no business singing anymore. Like he sucks. And Paul Stanley like apologized for him and and said, you know, I had nothing but any, he he talked about the first time he saw Van Halen and and how awesome he thought David Lee Roth was basically saying there's a, you know, new sheriff in town, he said. And uh, he seems like an awesome dude. But yeah, Gene Simmons is total the friggin' opposite side of that. (laughs) Yeah. What about, you know, what is the, you know, again, we have these kids going so the, the of course they have the the story the 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 third act break where they uh uh go on their separate journeys because second yeah. act uh second act break where they go on their separate journeys as ones want to do uh, i do like again it reminded me a little bit of searching for john hughes in the fact that in going to find kiss they actually discover themselves more like yeah. they have to be they have to find who they are and like challenge themselves in some way that uh, with on their own to, you know, get through that rite of passage. They all have their kind of mini rite of passage there. Uh, mm-hmm. Some work better than others, but I thought all four of them were kind of uh, kind of cute. You know, uh, the uh, the stripper show was like I said that was kind of a fun one as like a teenager <laughs> watching it. It's kind of the fantasy fulfillment. I like the I like the Beth one. Uh, in the confessional booth. It was really sweet, and she she was really great, except watching it this time, there is a line that they don't play for last. It's just so badly written. Uh, I forget what the kid's name is. It's Jam, but I forget what his um, real name is. Um, Uh, Because his mom is always yelling it at him. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Okay, okay. And she's like, she you know, she sleeps with him in the confessional booth, you know, and she makes him this mystery uh, T-shirt, which is so sweet and something I could see, like, a girl having a crush on a boy doing. Like, taking note of what he likes and then making him something special for it. She's like, oh, I'm moving away, uh, Jeremiah. He goes, um, call me Jam. That's my band name. And like, I was like, it's so bad. Their, their, their last interaction together is just so cheesy dialogue. It was just like, I love you, Jeremiah. Call me Jam. That's my band name. I love you, Jam. 
<laughs> it, didn't, it, didn't, uh, it didn't stick with me, so I must just pass But I will say, when he's after that, uh, uh, that moment of self-actualization for the character, his mom is preaching at the Kiss concert. I thought that was a nice spin, how she is, this mom. She's preaching at the Kiss concert. And she calls him because she sees him again. Now he's disrespected her punishment, and he's there. And he comes up and he starts talking to the, the parents. I just got laid in a conf- lost by virginity confessional booth. And he like admonishes them and he's like, give my drumsticks, mom. And then she <laughs> hands him the drumsticks. One's broken. He goes, broken. You know, he goes, this. he goes, that's cute. And he grabs the one <laughs> and he spins it and walks off. It's like that moment that you wanted to have like your parents. You're like, shut up, old lady. You don't know anything. <laughs> but this little way is like, cute. <laughs> Yeah, I, I personally, my favorite one of those for some reason I can't really explain why is the the guy with the dogs. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. That's probably the most yeah. the most underplayed one. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I just number one, I thought it was awesome that he just sees that girl that he liked from when they picked her up. Stella. Yeah. Know, went to her, yeah yeah, and. uh through the the fence and i I just i don't know i I didn't see that whole dog thing coming and it was just funny yeah stella uh what's her name um on all the indie movies um american pie uh natasha leone um Mm -hmm. she has that great kind of line an important line for a movie like this in the car where she's like good tunes as far as i'm concerned good tunes is good tunes Okay, whether it be uh, Donnie and Marie or or Kiss, it's just I just like disco because I can dance to it. You know, good yeah, disco. So right now, yeah, but I love. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the 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 welcoming expression of good tunes is good tunes. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I'm kind of a dick like that. Oh, but no, I don't. I, I think I think more goes into a good tune. You but know, good tunes is good tunes. This is she's saying though. She's saying, "Hey, as long as it's good, as long as it's a good representation of the music it is, then it's good tunes." Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this phrase, this phrase might come back and haunt you, Jay. No, on the on the on, the, on these. Well, no, no. I'm going to make it haunt you on these <laughs> on this podcast. At You're the, gonna the playlist. Playlist. Yeah, episode. every playlist <laughs> episode is going to be like, "Hey, Jay, good tunes is good tunes." Okay. <laughs> Oh, they put the yeah. F, they put the makeup on you, Billy. They put the, oh, they put the makeup on me. Too. I wish you could say this word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so, um, uh-uh, uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. Um, yeah, uh, what is the, the, so you, they, they go through these ex- extreme situations to get to see the band that they want, which is something that is not out of the realm of what some fans, the length some fans will go to, to see their favorite show or to meet their favorite writer or to uh, see a panel of their favorite cast or to talk to someone on the street. Have you heard any stories about like extri- ex- fan- ex- things that fans have done that are super extreme? No. However, I will tell you something i wouldn't do (laughs) so we talked about a little bit about nine inch nails how we both kind of feel the same about them that we we don't love them but we kind of respect respect them them. at least yeah yeah. we respect trent Reznor. hey jay i like pretty hate machine good tunes good tunes good tunes tunes (laughs) (laughs) um 
so a couple of years ago, Nine Inch Nails came here. However, opening up for whatever reason was the Jesus and Mary fucking chain, hey. who are one of my favorite bands ever. And so I was like, oh, you bastards. Why can't you just come here by yourself? But anyway, he wasn't selling tickets online. You had to go to the damn theater and stand in line at the theater box office to get these tickets. Okay. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going. I got to see the Jesus and Mary chain. And the time came to come, and I'm like, I'm sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sleepy. Downtown's a long way. It's like 45 minutes. <laughs> wait in line with all those sweaty bastards. Yeah. No oh, and they're Nine Inch Nails fans. Yeah. You gotta wait in line with a bunch of Nine Inch Nails fans. Mm-mm. Yeah. I wish you Nine Inch Nine Inch Nails through my my hands and string me up on a cross. <laughs> no. Well, at least they could be worse. Could be Marilyn Manson fans. That's true. That's like. I think, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of crossover. Uh, yeah. At least there was. Um, yeah, every now and then you'll you'll read in the, like the trades, the nudes. Um, you know, some fan who goes to extremes, like well, they'll like they'll they'll disguise themselves as something to get in. Uh, you see it um, in movie montages or in docs, rock docs, what those female fans will do uh, to get to see. You know, like Harry Styles from like One Direction or something like that. You know, well they'll like hide underneath the car and get end up getting run over because you know they were gonna pop out or you know they try to get into their hotel room before they get there and hide in the closet or something like that. I think a lot of the rock stars, especially from the seventies and eighties, have some really crazy stories about crazy things oh, fans have done. I'm sure, they do. That'd be a good collection of books if you could go out and just interview a bunch of bands about like their craziest fan. Well, see, here's the thing, though. I think a lot of bands would be very hesitant to admit that now for fear of getting shut out. Yeah, you know, for I, sure. I can't even yeah. imagine. I mean, Zeppelin could write volumes. Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones can write like a, like a, an encyclopedic, you know, yeah. collection. Molly Crew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Crew, Dirt. Molly Crew, Def Leppard, Poison. Uh, yeah, probably even like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know you can't really you can't really talk about that anymore. It's not really an acceptable part. Speaking of not in the open. Speaking of fans, I like the backstage how they how they portrayed the because uh, uh, this was supposed to be a recreation of an actual 1978 concert in Detroit that Kiss played. Um, so I like how they recreate the backstage and there's like a hot tub with like a guy in a hot tub and like oh, yeah. a, a tower, like a, bar. a tower of champagne glasses that, uh, the, the kid goes through and, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that was ridiculous. But, you know, I want to ask you something else. We were talking about, um, credit songs, songs that roll at the end of the, the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking about Marilyn Manson. Oh, I know where uh, you're going. I think I know where you're going with this. What did you think of, of the end credit song on this? Oh, wait, oh, I don't know what the end credit song on this was. I thought you were going with my second favorite Kiss song is the end credit song to Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll to killer Kiss track. Does not yeah, get enough respect. Not even like in their top ten on Spotify. I forgot about that. Great 
end credit fucking song, Jay. That is a good one. That is a good one. I do. I like that. Station's creation, baby. <laughs> station's creation. Good tunes is good tunes. As far as station, hey, as far as station's creation is concerned, good tunes is good tunes. <laughs> what was the end credit? Was it? It wasn't Detroit Rock City in here, was it? No, it was Everclear's version of uh, oh, Jailbreak. Bo- yeah, Jailbreak. Yes, no. Yeah, I remember. Um, I, it, it's not like. It took me out of it. I it took fully ganky. I was I was an Everclear fan to some degree for some of those those things on here. Everclear has covered a lot of songs. This I never liked their covers because their covers just feel like a like a very middled Everclear song. It's like you took everything that was special from that song and just made it an Everclear song. And there's not a lot of different. They didn't do anything. Yeah, no, not a big fan. Yeah, it yanked me out of it. And then after that was Marilyn Manson's version of Highway to Hell. Yeah, it's like, it should all be Kiss songs. This whole movie, now I talked about how I like some of the needle drops on there. The two needle drops you talked about at the end, not good. Uh, I think the other, some of the other stuff on there is uh, uh, a little bit better. Um, But, uh, in fact, some of it really good, like that, um, the Runaway song. And stuff like that, uh, or the Iron T-Rex. Man is a little bit obvious. T Rex, cheap trick. Uh, cheap there were some good, good ones. Awesome. Uh, but honestly, should have been all Kiss songs. There's enough of the catalog where they could have done the entire movie Justin Kiss songs. Or oh, if, easy. or if you're gonna easy. if you're gonna do a cover, have a fucking cover of a Kiss song. Yeah, yeah. Have the soundtrack be all people covering Kiss songs. Or all Kiss songs mixed with people covering Kiss songs. Yeah. I mean, in the very least, it should have just been songs of that, a song of that era. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I don't even really care that much if it wasn't Kiss, but it, 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 a lot of it, it just sounded too slick. Yeah. You know, the production wasn't there. That 70s mix wasn't there and it just i think that's just like we have to squeeze like we're trying to sell the soundtrack and we're trying to get some uh mtv play so we can play the it was probably involved in the music video to those those things and advertising it was an advertising ploy i'm sure yeah like yeah we're still relevant hey kids we're yeah. still relevant did not help the movie still flopped in theaters <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought that uh 1999 would be a bad year to market a teenage movie to Kiss fans. Yeah, that's weird. It should have been a hit by all 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 means. I what was it, it? The Ghost of Phantom <laughs> Park, like their 80s? Remember when Kiss tried to make yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Ghost of the? Fa- no, it Fan- doesn't sound right. Phantom Park. Phantom or- of the Park. Phantom, Phantom of, of the, the Park. park. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Which I used to have on VHS. Dude, you were a Kiss fan. You had all their albums yeah. and Phantom of the Park. Well, uh, I had all of it up to a point. I think up to like when Vinnie Vincent joined, like uh, Lick It Up. And you know who I Vincent, think. Jimmy Vincent is? <laughs> Vinnie Vincent. Vinnie that's Vincent. a good. That's a good. That's a good song. Lick It Up. I, for years, I thought I was Live It Up, Live It Up, because I wasn't listening to the the yeah, verse of it. That would have been better. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been more inspirational. And but I liked the Lick It Up better. When I heard his Lick It Up, I was like, ooh, <laughs> nasty. Kiss's, Kiss's lyrics are very, very oh, sexual. Sh- oh yeah, big time, big time. Kind of turn it around, turn it down around Grandma. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, Grandma, 
I heard your dinner's ready, but damn it. They hide him in this very arena rock sound. So if you don't if you're listening for dirty lyrics, you don't hear dirty lyrics really. Yeah. Like Love Gun. Won't you Love Gun? You're like, okay, it's just about a love gun. And you're like, wait a minute. What's a love gun? Wait a minute, Travis. What are you listening to? <laughs> Listen to Love Gun. Listen to Love Gun, Mom. <laughs> Well, cool, man. Yeah, so that was Detroit Rock City. Uh, I'm sorry, Jay. Sorry you didn't like it a little more. No, it's good. Uh, I liked it enough. Yeah, I think it's a good one for fans. I think it allows us to have a couple conversations about, you know, like how far fans will go. Uh, it's really interesting to see the extremeness of that, what it means to want to be the people that you are fans of or the thing that you are a fan of. Uh, that's an interesting segment of fandom that isn't all fans, but uh, it probably accounts for a lot of the people who buy this stuff and keep the band afloat, you know? I want to see pictures of, of uh, Lars Travis, of, mm. uh, uh, of uh, you know, of, of you... From Metallica? With, in your, in your oh. rancid phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was, it was just trying Fredrickson. to be as... Gosh, because I didn't have that cool stuff. Because that stuff was expensive, like those leather jackets and stuff like that. Uh, I guess the closest I came definitely had Doc Martens. Um, yeah, I definitely was more going for a Tim look with a beanie. Uh, a more street, a yeah, more gutter. Yeah, I wasn't going for the 1977 remake of 77, uh, 79 punk. Um, I got. I wanted to. Dye, I wanted to dye my hair. So, since I couldn't dye my hair, I had to throw the beanie on. I did do like a lot of. I didn't do like the choker balls, but I, you know how uh, Tim would wear like some of those necklaces sometimes coming down here. Um, I didn't wear a vest. I just i i neglected the vest. I I, I mm-hmm. underestimated on how much a vest can set off a rock outfit as a child. Because mm-hmm. you see a vest, and they don't sell them separately. Like here, a rock vest. You have to like go to like the Goodwill store and be like, this vest on its own is ugly, but with the right rock t-shirt underneath it could really set this and, outfit, and outfit right, off. And the right back patch. I'm talking big breasts and tight vests, Jay. I'm talking about the Troy Rock City. Go shake a wee-wee. <laughs> <laughs> the vest comes back around and so do we here on the Popeye, Pop Bonsai podcast because we'll be back around with our third episode of our fandom set. Which what are we talking about on next set, Jay? Well, on our next set, we're going to be talking about. Um, oh gosh, what was it? <laughs> uh, George Lucas, People versus George Lucas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, yeah, and well, Jay will bring that enthusiasm to the next episode. Yeah, <laughs> George Lucas. This was your pick, motherfucker. This, is, this was your suggestion. <laughs> People guy, versus man. George Lucas. Which I've um, never seen yet either. I saw I saw it okay. years ago. I used to play it for my students in, in film school. it be interesting to see how it holds up, because I'd watched it way before the new Star Wars movies came out and before Star Wars got sold to Disney. So I wonder if the same stuff the is still house. relevant. Still relevant in there. So we'll find out. We'll find out on the next episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what holds up. We'll Coming see what holds up. And then we got a playlist after that. Jay, should we add? Like, I mean, we're talking about ending credit sequences. I mean, I haven't gone in and started thinking about my... 
John Hughes Breakfast Club Fist at the Sky. Well, I did. I, that's a, that's I a did lie. That's a, that's a lie. After we talked, I immediately went on and I watched, I YouTubed that last scene. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Culture Club song starts playing. The Culture Club? Uh, uh, no, no, it was uh, Simple Minds. Simple Minds, it? yeah. Simple Minds, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so here, just look at the rules straight on this. Are yeah, we scoring, is our score to include his voiceover about, not that we're going to mix it in there, but do I need to think about that as the lead into the, the fists at the end of it? Because uh, A- Anthony Hall, Anthony Michael Hall, Michael Anthony Hall, Anthony Michael Hall? Anthony Michael <laughs> that guy. Hall. Anthony Michael Hall, is ta- that's when he's giving the, you think of us as this, we're really this, and some of us are this, and some of us are this. Uh, and then but the song is playing softly underneath it, and then oh, it rises on the field. Are we including that aspect? Because that's gonna that that that's gonna affect my choice. No, I don't think so, because that's gonna have yeah. You're gonna have to pick something with kind of like a longer intro, and then oh. something where the chorus really punches, and mm. the and the and the verses are kind of. Building up to it. Are we just doing football field, fist up, black credits? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think. We, I think. I think we we can. You can. I don't think we should limit it. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. 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 Okay. So let me ask you this though: Do we have to pick a song from that era? Uh, I I I wasn't gonna li- limit it to it because I was hoping you were gonna make the mistake of not picking a song from that era. <laughs> And then I was going to uh, jump in on Chastised. that and, and take automatic victory if you didn't. Because I would be like, hey, like, oh, hey that's a really great pick, Jay. Uh, and if the movie took place in 1997, it would be awesome. But it didn't. <laughs> it was shot like, what, 1986 or something like that, 85? And I go, something. so your doesn't work. John Hughes couldn't have used that as a score. You are eliminated. I therefore win. So I was going to use that because I was yeah. picking something. I was picking a song that would have been able to have been used in the film. Okay. I think we should keep it at that. You can go your we way. Keep it at- you can go no, your no. own way. Go your own way, Jay. <laughs> no, I want to keep it. I want to keep it at 80, whatever, 5, 86, whatever. That's better. That's better. You better look at that year, Jay, because if you're even a year off, Jay. <laughs> One month no, off. No, I will take it because oftentimes a band will have, a, a, you know, a track in their back pocket, you know, well, sitting on can, before the album release. We can determine. There's a little, flexi- <laughs> a little flexibility on there. <laughs> Would John Hughes have heard that song? What, okay, so let's add, I'm just going to add to it. So now we're adding to it. Second competition. Oh my God, so many competitions. You got you gotta so what? What? Yeah, we got to now because you mentioned you were the asshole who brought up the end credit score for uh, Detroit Rock City <laughs> and how how lame it was. So now we got to rescore it, Jay. What period? What what 1978 or previous song would best fit to end Detroit Rock City? Okay, that one's okay. an easier one. I feel like. That one's an easier one. Yes. Any any pre seventy eight rock banger is gonna fit real nice in there. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they used a lot of them already. They always they already used the Nuge. They used ACDC. They used. I mean, you you got to kind of scratch. You know, Cat scratch. Cat scratch. Fever it. 
Yeah. Yeah, little Cat Stevens, maybe. All right. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for that playlist podcast and those competitions. But until then, you can look back in our archive where we have lots of different sets, lots of different topics, lots of different pop culture. So until George People versus George Lucas, Jay and I will catch you on the next pop wave. <laughs>